Good morning, Upper Room. This is Anton here. Friends, this morning I want to start and I want to read you the lyrics of a song entitled, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Listen to these words. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Upper room this morning, I want to talk about friendship with God. And I've entitled my message, Friendship Matters. I want to start this morning by making a statement. And it's that when we live as enemies of God, we lose our way. And history tells us that time and time again. Whereas when we live as friends of God, we find our very purpose. Friends, the word of God gives us countless pictures and countless examples of what God is like. And these pictures and examples and interactions that men and women have had with the Lord paint within our minds a picture on how we can view God. And we can view God in many in many ways, we can view God as father. We can view God as the judge. We can view God as maker. We can view God as creator. And sadly, many people even view God as the angry man upstairs. This morning, I don't want to look at any of those different views of God. I simply want to bring something else to our attention. I simply want to bring a different view to our attention that is often neglected. I want to bring to our attention the view that we have been called friends of God. In John chapter 15, that's where I want to start this morning. That's the text that I felt the Lord just highlight to me. In John chapter 15, Jesus speaks about the vine and the branches. And Jesus models to us what it means to live in relationship with God. And I want to pick up from John chapter 15, verse 9, if you've got your Bible with you. It's red letters. It is the words of Jesus. And I want to read these words over every person listening to this. Listen to this. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commands... You remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Upper room, I love the fact that when we hear the words of Jesus, the result of hearing the words of Jesus is joy. I love the next thing. Yes, your joy will overflow. So because we hear the voice of Jesus, we have joy. But to take it one step further, when we hear the words of Jesus, our joy 
overflows because there's no limited supply available to the believer because the believer is meant to walk and live as friends of God that hear the voice and the words of God. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Verse 15 in my focus. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. You did not choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name, the name of Jesus. This is my command. Love each other. Upper room, I want to bring your attention to this reality that as a believer, God calls you friend. You might be listening to this this morning and you may be asking the question, Anton, why does this matter? Why is it important to talk today or to think about today around this topic that God views me as his friend? Friends, the way you view God ultimately affects the way you relate to him, ultimately affects how you interact with him. If you only view God as judge, if you only view God as someone that's angry, guess what's going to happen? The way you relate to him will be with hesitation. The way you relate to him will be in shame. The way you relate to him will be in guilt. The way you relate to him will be in fear. But if we view ourselves as friends of God, the way we relate to him and the way we interact with him will be entirely different. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 5 to 7, verse 10 to 14, we see something so interesting. It is, it is a passage of scripture that really, really exposes the heart of God the Father. And it's this, is that he is a jealous God, is that he is a passionate God. God the Father is passionate about his friends. Hosea 6, 6 says this, it's the Lord speaking, and he says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want your burnt offerings. What has that got to do with today? Rick Warren said this, two of the greatest purposes of our lives is to show love and to know God. Friends, if we don't show love, if we don't receive the love of God into our hearts and demonstrate that same love to others, as we know him, we miss it all. We miss our very purpose for our existence. I want to take us this morning on a little bit of a journey. And I've entitled this journey, The Friendship Journey. And I think there's no better place to start this journey as to making the following statement. God's heart has always been one of friendship. God wants friendship. God wants friends. And for us to really cement the statement into our hearts, we just need to go back to Genesis. We simply need to go back to the Garden of Eden because we see something so beautiful in the Garden of Eden. We see Adam and Eve walking in friendship with God. We see Adam and Eve walking in relationship 
with God. Upper room in the garden, there was no programs. There was no meetings or religious meetings entitled Encounter God This Weekend kind of meetings. No, there was only Adam and Eve walking with their maker God in the garden that he created. I want to just stop there for a moment. This is how my brain works. Just thinking about this and processing this. You know, God the Father could have could have created the most beautiful, the most magnificent church buildings, facilities on the face of the earth. Um, He could have created facilities and church buildings that will make any cathedral today just look like an absolute crumb. He could have created this. But God the Father chose to create a garden, a place where he could walk. He could walk with his creation in the cool of the day, in relationship as friends. Friends, that just displays the heart of God the Father. But then sin and and evil entered entered Eden and we all knew what happened. Humanity fell into the catastrophe of separation, resulting in seeing what was meant for many, for many to walk as friends of God to very few friends of God. Upper room, the fall became the wedge of separation between God and man, the wedge of separation between true friendship and what true friendship should look like and what men walked into. God's heart for the many friends, upper room, never ever changed. It was man's heart that changed and it resulted in the many friends becoming few friends. After the fall, there weren't many friends of God. There was Abraham, a friend of God. There was, uh, there was Moses, a friend of God. But there weren't many friends of God. Actually, in the Old Testament, you don't see many people walking as friends of God. In most cases, people related to God and interacted with God in the context of guilt, shame, and fear. And this is what sin does in the heart of man. But this is also where I need to bring in the good news. But Jesus, but Jesus changed our relationship status. And let me just focus in on that a little bit. There was the holy place. There was the holy place behind the curtain in the temple. And behind that curtain was the holy of holies, the place that was reserved for the presence of God, a place that was reserved for the select few that went in every now and again to go and meet with God on behalf of the many. And it was this curtain that was ripped as God's presence broke through to meet with his many friends. Friends, the price for our sins, that which separated us to live as friends of God was paid for. And as it was paid for in the death and the resurrection of Jesus, God's presence burst forth through the limitation of that religious structure and people became, became, the many became friends of God. What does that mean for us? Religion doesn't like friends of God. Religion keeps people out of the presence of God, whereas faith in Jesus is all that is needed to bring us into direct access of being friends of God. I did a little bit of a study around this many years ago, and it is is believed by many 
theological historians that after the curtain was torn, that there were people uh, that actually went back to the temple to sow back that which God did. Why is that? Because religion will always try to establish control over those that Jesus has set free. Will always try to establish religious control over friends of God. And we may think, well, we may think this morning, well, that happened back then. It surely doesn't happen today. I want to say to you, it happens today. Religion wants to keep you and I behind religious curtains and not walk and live as friends of God. Upper room, listen to this good news here from Romans chapter 5, verse 10. I love this. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now, today, today, we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of because of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen to these words, who has made, who has made us friends of God. I don't know about you, but when I read this passage of scripture, I can't say anything but what a God. What a God. God looked at us, his enemies. He looked at his enemies, those who did him wrong, those who rejected him, those who killed his messengers the prophets that he sent, those who, who spoke a message of repentance. He looked at those people that killed his messengers and ultimately killed his beloved son and he longed to call us his friends. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that just a sobering, sobering thought, Upper Room? God had every reason to exist with hate towards us. But he does not do this because he is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of compassion. He is the designer of what friendship should look like. Just listen to this. God's enemies became his friends. Slaves became his friends. What does friendship with God look like today? I believe the church needs to ask this question today. As friends of God, can we view our enemies as friends? When a nation is burning, when peace is something that we long for, but we're simply not seeing, can friends of God take on the same heart of God our Father towards those that we may see as enemies? Upper room, friends of God uh, are called by God to pray for their enemies, to believe that with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can all be friends again as we live in our Father's presence. I, I often watch my boys play, and I tell you, it brings absolute joy. And I just have so many moments of just being so proud of them when I watch them playing together nicely, when they're playing together in harmony. If, if, if I am an earthly father and I view my sons playing like that and interacting like that in harmony, how much more our father God? The question that I want to answer is what happens in the heart of man when we begin to understand this phrase friend of God? To answer that question, I think we need to go back to that word found in John chapter 15, that word friend. That same word can be used in two other ways. It can be used, number one, 
to describe someone being the best man at a wedding. And secondly, it can be described as being someone as 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 someone being part of the king's inner circle. How does God see his friends? He sees his friends as his best men. He sees his friends as being part of his inner circle. At a wedding, there's celebration. So the friends of God have access to celebration. The friends of God have access to joy. And that's what Jesus points out in John chapter 15 when he says that your joy will overflow. Friends, friends of God have the evidence of joy in their lives. What happens when we begin to understand this word friend? We begin to see ourselves as being part of the king's inner circle. When you are in that circle, if you are in that inner circle, the king will reveal to you secrets of his kingdom, will begin to reveal to you secrets and perspectives that that he wants to see uh, ushered into this earthly realm. That is what it means to be a friend of God. What is our response? All friendships require attention. All friendships require time spent with each other. Otherwise, can you can you truly call it a friendship? And so I want to just say two things as I wrap up this message. And it is this, it is how, how can we work on our friendship? How can we work in our or on our friendship with God? Number one, we make knowing God our biggest priority. We make a decision every single morning that this morning, his mercy is new, his, his love is available, his grace is available, his compassion is available, his presence lives inside of me. And, and Holy Spirit, I ask that you, will, that you will show me, that you'll show me what this friendship looks like for today. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul writes and he says this, he says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. He continues, he says, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Other translation says as rubbish so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. Someone once said this. They said that you can, you can know God as much as you desire. How do we work on this friendship with God? We make knowing him our biggest priority. Jeremiah 29 says this. We know that scripture. It says, the Lord says, when, you, when we seek him, we will find him if we seek him with all of our hearts. Friends, we've got an opportunity every single morning to wake up and to come back to the very purpose of our existence, which is this, to show love and to know God. Secondly, what does it mean to work on this friendship with the Lord? Secondly, it's this, to be still and to know, to be still and to know. If you don't make time for your human friends, then can we truly call them friends? Psalm 25 verse 12 to 15. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path that they should choose. They will live in prosperity 
and their children, who, those who fear the Lord, those who, re- who live in reverence to the Lord, and their children will inherit the land. The Lord is friend to those who fear him, those who live in reverence to him, and he teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord. That's to choose him as my greatest priority, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemy. Friends, those who wait upon the Lord, those who chooses reverent fear, those who chooses to make him the ultimate priority will renew their strength. Friends, God gives supernatural strength to those who pursue friendship with him. And that is the thing that I believe the Lord is wanting to communicate in his word this morning to Upper Room. He's longing for friends. And everything that Jesus has done for us on the cross brings us to this reality that my relationship status has been changed from enemy to friend. Let me pray. Father God, I want to just thank you for your word. I want to thank you, Lord God, that even though everything around us is shaking, everything around us is just in, in, in chaos, we can come back to your word and we can receive strength. We can receive insight. And the insight this morning is this, is that that our, our status has been changed. We are no longer enemies. We are your friends. And Father God, I pray for every person that is listening to this this morning. I pray, Lord God, where fear has come in, where doubt has come in, I pray that you would reveal to them in scripture and through this word, through this message this morning, how you view them, that you view them, that you love them in the context of being a friend of God. Amen. Upper Room, I hope this message has encouraged you. And please be reminded that we pray together as a community on Wednesday evenings on a Zoom meeting, as well as Friday mornings. If you don't know the exact times, you can reach out to Ange and we can give you that information. Otherwise, God bless you. Till next week.